Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Brought to you by the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Hello, friends. Jack, Flight School O'Brien here, uh, also known as Jack. Still can touch Ned if I get a running start and haven't eaten heavy breakfast. O'Brien, uh, both nicknames that I go by. Inviting you to check out Miles and Jack got mad boosties for a weekly basketball conversation with me and my co-host from the Daily Zeitgeist, Miles Gray. We are joined by comedians, writers, podcasters, and fellow NBA fans as we discuss the latest news and events from around the league. Check it out. Miles and Jack got mad boosties. Brought to you by the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Proudly presented by BetMGM. Welcome back here on a Sunday. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the Beeson Studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi, of course, in Jersey. I want to get to Jordan Love and his banged-up shoulder and your thoughts before we do. What's on the docket on a Sunday there in Jersey? Are you going to run it back with Berman? What's the, what's the deal? Well, you know, it's probably a little low-key. Do a little writing. I got a couple writing things I've got to get done today, Patrick. And uh, I think the weather's pretty good today, so. You know, a little writing, a little work, a little football. I've got to watch a lot of these games, you know, because I'm going to get questioned by Will Hill on some of this. I've got to be prepared for it. So, you know, just get myself caught up on on that thing and uh, see how the week goes. The sounds like a fabulous day. The Texans and Packers. So this one, Michael, closed Packers lane three, 35 and a half, of course, stays under. Just the one went over the posted total yesterday. Uh, but the news coming out of this is Coach Matt LaFleur said, he cut the night short for Jordan Love because he was dinged his right arm and shoulder on a sack and a fumble late in the second quarter. Yeah. I mean, look, I, you know, th- th- you're always concerned about this as you play in the preseason, quarterbacks get hurt, you know, and, and it's a precautionary measure. And hopefully he doesn't miss much time because the last thing you can do as a young quarterback is miss time. Because these reps are so precious. You need them to improve your game, to play faster. 
you know, this is the most important part of being quarterbacking in the National Football League is to be able to play fast, to process quickly and play in rhythm, but play smartly fast. And I think that ultimately when you miss reps because of an injury, it hurts your progression. Good thing the Packers have a good backup quarterback there in Aaron Rodgers. So they'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. Green Bay. I think she, they'll be okay. <laughs> you think so? Green Bay now, obviously, <laughs> your favorite in division at minus 160. This is DraftKings. Uh, their win total set at 10, 14. Well, if you won a bunch of games last year, obviously lost in the postseason to Tampa. Uh, but 10, juiced up big time. So could be headed to two and a half on Green Bay there, Michael. Yeah. Well, uh, to me, I, I think, you know, Green Bay is – is really a good team that has a chance. When you go back and watch that playoff game, my Lord, did they just give a game away. You know, and I think that, that when you look at them, they they have improved. They got a third corner in the draft, something they really needed last year. I think that really affected them. So Rodgers comes back and plays to the level that we know he's very capable of. And I know that everybody wants him. He's got Randall Cobb around him now. So, I mean, they're really should be able to hit the ground running with a better team than they won than they won 13 games. It's interesting. And this is why we talk about shopping for the best number and having multiple outs. So DraftKings has the Packers at 160 as your favorite in the North. I'm looking at another book in town. The Packers are minus 250 favorites. So, I mean, that is quite a chasm. I, I don't know. I, you know, look, I don't want to read too much into, North, into Minnesota yesterday. They played all their backups. They played all their backups. So you can't really react to that. But knowing Green Bay and how good they are and what if they have Bakhtari back at left tackle and, you know, they can play the game the way they want to play it and stay healthy. I think they're going to be a really hard team to beat in the North. That dude has become known more for chugging beer than playing tackle. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like what's yeah, this is no, not something I mean, to hang your hat well. on, bro. I mean, I guess he does it well. He'd, be, he'd fit right I in guess. there. He'd fit right in there at Bermfest. Um, uh, no doubt he could hang. <laughs> So the Vikings, just to reiterate, and we'll get to in a minute here, your top top eight quarterbacks. The Vikings, right around three to one. The Bears, eight and a half to one. And the Lions, 28 to one in division. Not worth a flyer? Yeah. The Lions are a St. Jude's pick, so don't even bet the 21 to one. I mean, give the money to St. Jude's is my recommendation. Don't do that. Uh, the Lions aren't going to win the division. I think the Bears, to me... They don't have the look of a team that can compete week in. When you're, when you're deficient in the offensive line, every road game now becomes a challenge. Remember, bad lines don't travel. And so when you're bad in the offensive line, which it appears they are, when you're signing Jason Peters this, you know, and now, you're really saying you really are bad in the offensive line. That's, to me, a desperation move because he's going to get hurt on you. I, I worry about them. I think the competition is Minnesota or no one. Okay, so we've got the top eight coming up here in just a bit. Remember, you got the one preseason game today. We'll get to that in just a little bit as well. Thomas Gable's coming by. Josh Applebaum's going to stop by here on the Lombardi line. Lombardi line, VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. We're going to unveil his top eight as far as the tiers and the quarterback. You know, I was laughing last night quickly on that Charger-Ram game. 
I, I thought it was so interesting how you said this, and I'm like, oh, that makes sense after you said it, but this, this is the insight we get from you. You said Staley, who, of course, coached uh, the defense there for McVay last year with the Rams. You said that McVay and Staley were going to have a conversation before the game. Like, how do you want to approach this preseason game? And I watched it, and I assure you, you're 100% right. They had a conversation. Oh, and they I know said, it. Let's take it easy. Now here's what we're going to do. We're not no zero blitz. You know, the middle field's going to be closed all the time. Here's how we're going to play the game. Here's how, and, and they trust each other. And so, and, and is that against the rules? No. What it's what you're trying to do is you're trying to get a perfect situation for your young players to learn how to play football. And so you're trying to craft it so that they can play faster and they're not thinking. You want to build it. It's a teaching progression. And so it really helps you out. That's what. That's why when you in the preseason when you play somebody that you can do that have that working relationship with, you know the last thing you want to do is get in a preseason game, especially week one, and deal with 15-0 blitz from an odd front, odd floaters. You know who's doing this. You know first of all the defense can't execute, and the offense can't figure out who to block. I mean we're we're got, we're not getting anywhere doing that. It looks good on a blackboard. It just doesn't look good on the field this early in the season. You know, while you're saying that, I'm just looking up and I'm noticing with all these preseason games, they're playing the highlights and I'm no, and all the people going to these games, let's just, the definition of ride or die is going to see in person, a preseason game. <laughs> what are you showing up for? I mean, if you went now, maybe you want to see SoFi. So you go Rams chargers, but you're not getting any action by going to watch that game in person. Oh no! I mean, you got this. You know, and that's L.A. There's got to be something better to do. But my lord, that stadium is beautiful, right? I mean, how? I mean, it's at least worth go see. You know, I can't wait to see what it's going to be interesting to see what kind of crowds the Chargers get there, Patrick. That's what's going to be fascinating. Are they going to be able to to really have a home field because they didn't have one out there? Which I thought they might have one at that at, at the Home Depot Center out in Carson. They never had one out there. That, that that was a visiting field the whole time. Will the Chargers ever have a home crowd Michael, to help themselves? Michael, I I lived there when the Chargers got there and was there for a few years. I'm not exaggerating when I tell you there might not be a single. Charger fan in Los Angeles outside of the Spanos family. When I say like no, when I say I there's agree. no buzz, like that is a disservice that the Spanos and the NFL did. Obviously, it was a cash grab. SoFi's five and a half billion dollars, and understand the value of the franchise skyrocketed as soon as they moved them from Los from um, excuse me San Diego to Los Angeles. Michael, there isn't buzz. There isn't anybody that cares about the Chargers in Los Angeles. No, I mean Patrick, I we lived there for three through two 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 years and. You saw Raider jerseys. You saw you saw Lakers. It was USC. I mean, you go down the pecking order. They're not even close. No, no, no. You you nailed it. I mean, it. you know, you even saw the Kings jerseys. You know, between the Lakers and then you know the Clippers got a little popular when I was out there, but not to the, the degree of they're they're a little second city team too. Oh, big but time. Yeah. The, nobody cares about the Chargers. It's you know now and in, and in, in the team that should have been put there were the Raiders, and the Raiders got a better deal by going to Allegiant, and you called it last week. I mean, they say it was an incredible venue last night. The Raiders offense, they played Nate Peterman the whole game. Let him come out. I thought Seattle would score a little bit more. It was 27 was the number. They stayed under two. But, you know, what did we learn? I thought for sure Seattle would be able to move the football a little bit, but obviously they're having offensive line problems too. And, of course, the Raider quarterback Derek Carr came in number 11 on Michael Lombardi's quarterback tier list. Let's unveil the top eight. And we're going to start with yep. number eight here, Michael Lombardi, a guy that I love. Steph's bitter about this place when I heard her yesterday. A dual threat and MVP, Lamar Jackson. 
Yeah, I think Lamar is really, uh, he's above the second category, just just barely. Uh, I think that you could make the argument that maybe Matthew Stafford belongs eight here. You know, I, I'm not sure that's the case, but, but Lamar does so many unique things. Now, look, we know he's got to improve this down-the-field passing. There's no denying that. Outside quadrant, I think losing losing Hayden Hurst really hurt him. He is a throw the ball in the middle of the field. Now, the Ravens offense this summer is a work in progress. Got a lot of injuries in the offensive line. They lost their center last night in the game against the Saints. I don't know how much that will affect them but or how long he'll be out. But they're going to struggle. Uh, if they don't continue to find ways to utilize Lamar Jackson's skill set. They're wasting this unique man's talent because if they put him under center and they allowed him to run the Cleveland Browns style of offense, the, the Kevin Stefanski, the Gary, uh, the, excuse me, the Kevin Kubiak, the, the Gary Kubiak offense, he would be more dynamic and he would allow himself to get more throws down the field. Plus, he would be able to enhance the already de- really talented running game because when you run bootlegs and nakeds, it's the only play in football that the quarterback actually blocks somebody. You have to go with him when he fakes it. Somebody's got to go with him. And trust me, if Lamar has a fake and he scrambles out there, there's going to be a bunch of people go, which opens up the C gap for you to run the football in. And so I think that that to me, this is really, and I know Bill Berman will enjoy this, this is really on Greg Roman this year. He's got to be able to come up with a way to utilize this guy's unique skill set. Bobby Petrino could do it at Louisville. He's got to figure it out. It isn't these RPO games. It's a little bit more than that. Next up on the list, Dolphins fans, cover your ears, cover your eyes, because coming in at seven, Justin Herbert. Yeah, I thought he was great last year. I think he's an elite player. He belongs in this category. He's in the top 10 players, you know. uh, And this order, just so we know, this category is by order, right? I think this is one through eight is by order. So if you don't like it, it's the other ones are categories. So you can complain to me all you want about the categories. That's fine. But this is by order. And so I thought Herbert was, I thought Herbert is seven with an arrow up. I think he's going to get nothing but better. And his ability on third down averaging 7.45 yards per attempt. He can throw the ball all over the field. He's got great eye level up the field. He's got rhythm to his game. You know, it really is, as UNLV fans, you've got to wonder about your head coach there, Marcus Arroyo, because at Oregon, he didn't look this good. He didn't look this good. He looks really good here. He, he does. He, he had a spectacular rookie season. So second year for Herbert, he comes in seven. The definitive list here, Michael Lombardi, top 32 quarterbacks. We tiered him out. But as he said, eight through one, uh, he, he likes this. Uh, let's go number six. May surprise some. Tom Brady comes in at six. Well, I mean, look, I think when you watch the Bucks championship run, I think Brady did exactly what great quarterbacks typically do. They make the plays that they have to make, and they do all the things behind the scenes that allow you to not really not see. The fans don't see it. Getting him in the right play, lining the right protection, playing fast, utilizing his skill set. Go back to the Green Bay game. You know, going after the third corner for the Packers, finding the right matchup, making sure you understood the game plan, putting the game plan in that fits you the best. He still does that, and he still does it as a high level. Now, can he continue to do this? I don't know at his age, but I would not have never underestimate him, and he's still an elite player. You know, does he have the greatest arm strength that he did years ago? No, but I thought he threw the deep ball better than he ever did last season. Threw the deep ball as well as I've ever seen him last year, which was one of the things he didn't 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my there's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. I don't think he's too low. I don't think he's too high. I think he's perfect for what they want to do. They have a really talented bunch of players around them. They've got Pro Bowl players around them, and, and Evans and Godwin, and and you know when OJ Howard comes back, you know they've got guys that can make plays with the football in their hands, and and, and he gets the ball to them and effectively. And there you see the defending champs sitting. At 12, as far as win total at DraftKings, they're minus 200 in division. They're 6-1 to one to win the Super Bowl, and Tom Brady comes in at number 6. The next one, quite a jump last year and quite a jump on the list here. Number 5 is Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think I could have made him higher. I think I kept him at 5 only because I, I, I think he's 5 with an arrow up. You know, because I, I still am shocked that he was able to do all the things he did in terms of being able to throw the ball with that much accuracy. 
and that much precision. I mean, it's really remarkable how he changed his game because to me, he was going to be a guy in another tier. He was going to be a guy in the other tier, you know, where he needed the scheme around him to be effective. But now, the way he played last year, he's a top five player. I think he's a he's five with an arrow up, because I think he's got to prove it to me one more year that we see him do that. So, uh, you know, I don't know what he can't do. He's hard to tackle, hard to get on the ground. He's good with the ball in his hands. He's three dimensional. You know, this is a really good player, and if he continues to be that accurate, he's going to be a problem for a lot of teams. And he got paid. He got paid, and he deserved Seriously. it. Seriously. He, he got paid. He deserved it, yeah. Okay. Top four. A gentleman I don't think we're going to see this year comes in at number four on Michael Lombardi's quarterback list here, and that's Deshaun Watson. You know, Deshaun is, you know, he's a streaky player with great ability to run the ball, to throw the ball, uh, to get the ball to the right players. I think the offensive line hasn't been his best friend there in Houston. I think they've kind of worn him down. But when you go back to that playoff victory that when Bill O'Brien, when he led him in the second half against the Bills, it was pretty impressive. He's able to kind of put the team on his back and make plays. You know, where he is off the field is a concern because I never thought that was going to be the problem. I always thought he had the ability to build a culture around him. And this is somewhat disappointing what's happened off the field. But you can't minimize his talent on the field this is why the Texans don't want to give up on him because he is a top five player in the league before I we announced the top three I, I like the way you, you said where you said you know Dak I believe you started with Dak where there's a little bit of a separation from that next year mm-hmm. would you say yeah. as we get I, into the top three there's going to be a little bit of a separation from what we've seen I do, and I, and, I, and I think that when you look at this, obviously we know where this is going to go based on the players that are left. But, yeah, I do. I think, in the, I think there's a separation between five and six, and six. I think there's a little bit of a gap. So okay. one through five, and then I think six through 12 or six through 10 probably belong together. And really, that's the way it should be. So when you're grading players for the National Football League and you you basically, you have a grading system that you try to utilize, there's five players that you would call yourself blue chips. They're blue chip. They have high, the highest grade. And then the, the red chips are the guys who are in the second category. So the second category would be six through 10, which would include Stafford and would include Dak. And I think any, nobody would argue that they're not red trip, trip, chips. Do I think Brady's a blue chip player? Well, there's only if you can only put five of them in, who am I taking out? Right. Who do you want out of the group? Yeah, right. Who do you want hard. me to push out? Well, certainly, it's hard. certainly not number three. And coming in at three is just a brilliant player. That's Russell Wilson. Yeah, I, I, to me, I think this guy is uh, – I love watching him play. He's he's got such competitiveness. He's got such accuracy when he's on the move. I just wish they could figure out a way to where you could let Russ cook and still run the ball, which I think they can. They you know they can do this. And he's a little guy that I think sometimes gets caught up in a little. He can't see down the field, but he makes some unbelievable throws. I love his leadership. I think there's he's one of those guys that he has proven that he can carry that team up there in the great Northwest. So, uh, you know, I think there's no doubt he's a blue chip player in the league. We'll save two and one for next. And we, we know the two players, the order is let yeah, you, I mean, it's not hard to figure out yeah, who's left, yeah, right? I mean, determined. it's musical chairs. Yeah. Quickly about... Uh, but but I, think, I think this, though, Patrick, I think when you look at this, let, let, let's put the list back up against Steph. You know, let's, let's do this, and this is what really becomes problematic, is Lamar doesn't have a contract done yet. We know Dak does. He's a 10. 
right? Matthew Stafford hasn't done his deal. Brady's kind of, Josh Allen just got a deal. Deshaun, Russell's deal is kind of stagnant based on where it is. You know, Rodgers' deal is stagnant based on where, when he signed it. You know, we got Goff making money that, that's paid in the top 10, and he's down in the bottom quadrant. This is when things get a little bit discombobulated on the quarterback front. Okay, no need to slow roll two, and then we can come back with one. Two on your list is Aaron Rodgers. You know, and I wouldn't have not said he was two uh, last after last year because I thought his eye level was down. You know, going into the 2020 season, I wouldn't have said he was two. But based on what he did last year and the, the way he upped his game and threw the ball down the field and was able to make unique plays, even the fact that as bad as they coached in that playoff game, and I really think it was coaching malpractice on both sides of the ball in that championship game, the fact that they didn't chip the tackles, they made, they made Billy Wynn try to block these guys one-on-one at left tackle can't do it you know right tackle Ricky Wagner couldn't do it to me I think that was really bad the play selection the inability to manage the end of the half all those things you know Rodgers gets them out of all this trouble he has a unique ability of getting him out of trouble he saves careers much like Peyton Manning put a lot of people and I'm not saying they don't deserve it so I don't want to be criticized for that but it put a lot of people in the Hall of Fame you know, great players carry a lot of people with you. Rodgers is carrying them. They've got to meet him halfway. They've got to be smarter in how they handle situations. You can't let Billy Wynn try to block Jason Pierre-Paul one-on-one. You can't, you know, with 50 seconds to go on, you know, in the half, and they still have two timeouts, you're trying to throw a middle read against cover two. It's not smart. It's not a smart play. But this guy saves them, saves them. As John Madden once said, great quarterbacks are a deodorant for what's wrong with it. He's been a great deodorant for the Packers. they got to meet him halfway here. He's tremendous. And at $33.5 million, he's well underpaid. How did, what, he's well underpaid. What, what, how can you – what do you attest the, the jump last year? It's almost like he just get more comfortable in the offense because he was unbelievable last year. Yeah, he was. I think he bought into looking down the field. You know, he doesn't want to turn his back to the line. Most old quarterbacks don't want to do that. They hate that. They hate turning their back to the defense and then having to come back out because they don't know what they're going to find. You know, it's an uncertain element. So, uh, for me, I think he bought into what they wanted to do, and they made plays for him down the field. Devontae Adams was healthy for most of the season. You know, he found a tight end that he got comfortable with, uh, with Tanya, Tanyan. So, I mean, look, he made plays, and God, the guy is – I mean, have you seen these videos of him throwing the ball in the end Incredible. zone into the basket? Have you seen these? Incredible. This is just a remarkable. I mean, like, that's not a trick shot. That's a remarkable shot. And he's not number one. We'll come back with number one on Michael Lombardi's quarterback list. You may know who it is, but I have questions about his offensive line. We'll get to that next here. Lombardi Lines, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Football, get into it at BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. 
BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. And again, stop by any MGM casino on the Strip. Bring your state-issued ID. You're ready to go within minutes. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or older, physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, so we round out Michael Lombardi's top 32 quarterbacks as far as tiers are concerned. Uh, eight, Lamar Jackson. Seven, Justin Herbert. Six, Tom Brady. Josh Allen coming in at five. Sean Watson, four. Russell Wilson, three. Aaron Rodgers, two. And no, Steph, number one is not Mac Jones. It is indeed Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's pretty obvious. I mean, that doesn't take, a, you know, what he said. He said one bad game. I mean, one of the reasons I thought he would be able to win the Super Bowl is you never saw him play a bad game. It's true. I've never so seen true. him play a bad game, and he played a bad one in the Super Bowl. I think he would be the first one to admit it. I think his body was beaten up. You know, he had the injury during the season, then he got hurt in the Cleveland game. I'm not making excuses for him whatsoever, and I'm sure he's not. But, you know, he missed some throws in that game, didn't have the protection he needed, and, and he finally had a bad game in his career, which was rare. And, you know, it's, that says a lot about a player who doesn't have very many bad games. So, for me, it was uh, it was e- it's easy, you know. It's and that's why all these quarterback contracts are fairly going to be easy to do. The hard ones are going to be with the guys that are in Group Two, that are really clustered together, the Mayfields, the Cars, that are not separated, you know, that are kind of in there because they are helped by their offense, they're helped by their teams, they're helped by the situation, the scheme, all that. Whereas the guys in these two tiers, this just one through five and six through ten, essentially you know, are, are red and blue chip players and they kind of carry their team when they play as effectively as they do. Okay. Absolutely. No surprise here with the chiefs, the highest posted win total on the board. Of course, Tampa Bay's 12, the chiefs sitting at 12 and a half questions about the offensive line. Fill us in on how, how this is going to mesh. Well, I think, you know, look, I think it's going to mesh because when you break them down, I mean, they have improved themselves tremendously. They have improved themselves tremendously in the offensive line. I mean, starting with the signing of Joe Tooney and the trade of Orlando Brown. Then they draft Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith in the in the second and sixth round. This Trey Smith has a chance to be really good. Right tackle is this nine kid. I'm not sure how good he'll play, but I can't wait to watch him on tape. This line's going to be really good. They're going to be hard to beat. It's hard to find four losses on their team. It's going to be hard to find four losses. It really is because they don't play bad. And when your offense carries your team like they do, and you always play from in front, your defense plays a little better. They always seem to be playing a little better. They can give up some plays here and there. I thought their corners covered better, particularly in the Buffalo game, than they get credit for. Now, they struggled against Tampa, there's no doubt, but they weren't playing from in front. When they play from in front, they're, they have the blitzes, the kind of scheme to take advantage of that. So, for me... You know, this offensive line, I don't think it's going to be the issue. It's not going to be the thorn anymore. But in the past, you used to say to yourself, okay, we got a power Fisher. we got a power Schwartz back. we got to make him a little uncomfortable. Hard to do, but this is what we're going to do, try to win him. I think this is going to be a little harder. Orlando Brown's, the, to me, the one guy, when it becomes all pass, it does he have enough foot quickness to handle it. Playoff rematch week one, Cleveland's coming to town. The number right now, Kansas City hosting Cleveland, Sitting six. Everybody's got it six. It hasn't moved off the six opener. Yeah. Uh, well, I thought it was actually, was it six and a half? I yeah, think it you, went down You know, to part six. of me, you're right. You nailed it. It was six and a half. It's I, 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 I think this is a better matchup. I, 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 this is not going to go to seven. Too many people would take Cleveland in the seven. 
I think six and a half was a good thing to get. Six is, I, I still think it's going to be a closer game. I think Cleveland will match up to him. I really do. I think Andy Reid's really good in opening games. We know this. We saw him last year. We've seen him do this before. But I think Cleveland has the kind of team, if they double Tyreek Hill and they try to match up with these other receivers, I think they have the kind of team that can give them some problems. Now, can they keep it close? Yeah. And look, we know Kansas City last year, Patrick. One thing we learned about Kansas City is they didn't cover very many games. They were not great at covering. You know, they were great at getting the lead and having control of the game. But like we saw in the Bucks game, the Bucks come back and they cover. That was three and a half. They won 27-24. You know, they don't cover late. Six is a lot of points for against a team that's really good. Good point on the never touching seven, because if it did, there'd be immediate buyback on Cleveland. That Cleveland oh, money tremendous, would come yeah. really heavy. Hard. And by the way, on that 12 and a half with Kansas City, part of the reason you may lean over, playing the NFC East this year. So. I don't see them losing four. I mean, for you to lose the bet, they've got to lose five. I don't see them losing, right? I mean, they got to lose four. Yeah, juice, and it is juice to the under. No, that, no, I'm sorry. If they lose four, you cover it. It's 12 and a half. Yep, 12. So you're good. They got. I don't see them losing five, Patrick. Couldn't agree more. 250 in division, 5-1 to one Super Bowl. We come back, Thomas Gable, Borgata here, Lombardi Line, Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Indiana's going to have a good football team this year. 17 returning starters, including Pennix Jr., the quarterback. You'd know that if you picked up the college football betting guide. It's out now. We do all the work for you. Vista experts make all their plays, including Paul Stone, Steve Mackinnon, Matt Humans, playoff teams, Heisman hopefuls, power ratings for every team. Vista.com slash subscribe. Remember, we're dropping the NFL guide. So if you go to Vista.com slash subscribe right now, you get a discount if you get two at once. Michael Lombardi, I'm Patrick Maher. We say hi. Hope you're having a great Sunday. We head out to the Borgata and say hi to TGZ, Thomas Gable, who runs the race and sports book at the Borgata. Thomas, we say good morning. Hope you're doing well. And then also, were the betters taking advantage of this underrun in the preseason? Uh, not so much here. I know Mr. Applebaum was all over that, and um, uh, with with good reason. And you know, I'm sorry to hear Steph's parlay didn't uh, work out yes. for her there. I hope she uh, maybe if she just bet those games individually and went <laughs> nine and one on the day, that would have been great. But yes. hey, <laughs> but uh, now um, you know it's it's been a, it certainly has been a run there for the under, and you know we we've seen a movement in today's game already, uh, line movement there open at. 34 and a half from the total now down to 33 and a half. So slight dip there. Uh, but the, the Colts laying three here today, uh, openness at two, uh, dropped down to one. Now back to three here. Here we are. And of course, Indianapolis will, will be getting our first looks at, uh, Jacob Easton and, and Sam Elgar in the NFL. Neither one is taking an NFL snap. So, uh, I believe Easton's supposed to be going here through at least the first half, and then they'll turn it over uh, to Ellinger in the second half. And I believe Frank Reichardt's already come out and said game two 
for the preseason for the Colts. He's just going to reverse the order. Uh, but interesting to see here how how they go. Uh, of course, obviously with the Wentz injury looming uh, over that organization, uh, see how these two uh, compete for that uh, for that job there. Thomas, you know, we, we're going to quickly transition into week two because of the Patriots and New England play Thursday night. So do you think these under-over totals are going to be reflective of what we saw from week one, or do you think they're going to stand alone and say, okay, this is a new week, we think there'll be more offense here? Well, I think it's going to come down to, uh, again, it, it's all going to depend on who, who we believe is, is going to play, what information is out there as far as who we're going to see. Uh, how many reps uh, the coaches are saying people are going to get? That's going to dictate a lot of uh, a lot of the totals. You know, we we saw last night, for instance, we we saw the in the Jets and Giants game there. I think that total was at 35, and not much offense at all. And obviously, you know, you didn't have Daniel Jones going for the Giants, but they did start. I think you know four fifths of their offensive line, and they just yep. uh, they didn't look good at all there. No, they didn't. That, that's you, you know, that's when Patrick. That's when you're concerned. Yeah. When you start your offensive line, I don't. And you have a veteran backup. You know, Mike Lennon's been. A, how many schemes did he start? Right. And you can't do anything against a generic. That something's wrong here. You know. You know something's yeah. wrong. Either your line's not as good as you think it is. Maybe it's your scheme. Now we would never challenge Coach Garrett. Now we understand that. However, that being said, you've got to be really concerned about that because when you look at the, conversely, Denver. You know, Denver put their line in. They let Locke play behind a really good line. They moved the ball. Today, I would suspect if Frank Wright wants to give Jacob Eason a real chance to win the job, he's got to keep his line out there for a while. He's got to play some of his offensive linemen and, and allow the kid to have a chance to throw the ball, and there'll be a bunch of backups on Carolina's defense in the game. You know, I think you two just nailed preseason betting. The best way I describe it, Thomas, to a better, preseason betting is news-driven, not data-driven. And that's the difference between preseason and regular season. It's all news-driven. Yeah, 100%, Patrick, 100%. I mean, that's it's exactly right. Uh, it's not the regular season where you know you, you have this database of information to go on. You, you have uh, stats. The market is very efficient in the regular season because you have so much data to back up because you, you know who's going to be on the field. Uh, you know, in the preseason, you don't really know who's going to be on the field uh, too far in advance uh, as far as – you know, whether it's going to be first team, second team, how many reps they're going to be getting. Yes, coaches do put that out eventually. But, um, you know, for the most part, it's it's going to be a, a guessing game uh, and it's a battle of information and who gets it first. Yeah, and I think that's more than I, – I really think information is moving these lines. I really do. I think the information moves the line because, you know, when we all have it, there's no way sharps have any more information than we than you do. I mean, that's just a myth, you know. And so the line's being moved by information. And I think this is why we're seeing – we know Rule came out and said Carolina's not playing all their guys. So the line's going to naturally move to Indianapolis, who you talk about, Frank Wright, saying he's going to let Easton play into the second half. Yep. Yep. Nailed it. Thomas, I know you were following along with Michael's quarterback ratings. Uh, let's mm -hmm. talk about – and you can pick it randomly if you'd like, but what certain quarterbacks are worth to the, to the number? No, good, good question. I know we kind of had this conversation a little bit on Monday, uh, but you know, I 
caught Michael's uh, end there of his rankings, I'll say I think pretty much uh, one through four we were matched up with. Um, who did Michael have at number five there? He had Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Josh Allen, yes. So I also so we matched one through five there in terms of my uh, you know power ratings for quarterbacks. Uh, I, I think really the only difference that I had, uh, you know, and Justin Herbert, listen, he had a, certainly a, a great rookie season and tremendous upside. Uh, in terms of my ratings, not quite as high as uh, Michael has him. Um, you know, I I have Lamar a little bit higher than uh, than Michael had Lamar, but uh, for the most part, that top tier there that Michael put out today, you know, I'm kind of dead on um, matching him. But you look at in terms of the numbers and what these people are worth to the point spread, which is what you know we're concerned about as betters. Uh, if you're modeling this out, you know, we'll just take Aaron Rodgers for instance. You know, on my my chart here, I have Rodgers is seven and a half points. He's worth seven and a half points compared to the backup, which is Blake Bortles. So if Rodgers goes out, uh, I believe there should be an adjustment there of seven and a half points between him and Bortles. Uh, because, again, it's not just what that particular player is worth. It, you also have to calculate the difference between them and their backup. Well put. Always love the inside information from... The man that runs the book over at the Borgata, which is the best casino on the East Coast. It's gorgeous. You should go check it out, and you get an autograph from Thomas Gable, who runs the book. TG, thank you. Appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, TG. All right. Thanks, Appreciate guys. you. Okay, Thomas Gable. And, of course, Michael Lombardi is going to be soon out at the Borgata on his throne. They set up the throne. Mm. They, put the, they, put, they roll out the red carpet. They set up the throne. And we'll roll it out for our buddy Hollywood. Josh Applebaum's coming up next. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. 
Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my there's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. So the Cardinals and Royals are playing a baseball game today. If they hit a home run and you go over to BetMGM and you sign up, you can win $100. Bet $100, bet a dollar to win $100. Cardinals, Royals hit a home run. Use the bonus code VSIN100. Visit BetMGM.com for details or just download the BetMGM app. Okay, it's the king of sportsbook. It's a new customer offer. Terms and conditions go to BetMGM.com. Must be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, please call one 800 Gambler, we welcome you back. Hope you're having a great Sunday. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the Vicent Studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi, of course. Like I said, I what would you say? Labor Day, Memorial Day. You're getting out at the Borgata, so that'll Labor be cool. Day. We're at Labor the Borgata. Day. Yeah, we'll be at the Borgata on Labor Day. Yep, we sure will. I get yeah, those confused. I just said Labor Day, Memorial Day. Like, why would you? I, yeah. I, I always the order. It's hard. Memorial for me. Day is the beginning of the season here at the Jersey Shore. Labor Day is the end of the season <laughs> of the Jersey you, Shore. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that. And kids typically in this area don't go back to school until after Labor Day. And kids in this area don't get off of school until after Memorial Day. So that's just a little footnote. Thank you. For you. Appreciate. It. I'm, hold on. You're Let me write that. Let me write that down. Uh, Josh, okay. if you. And by the I'll way, remind you. It's okay. <laughs> thank I'll you. Yeah, you. just text me later, please. Uh, Josh, if yeah. you and, and we mentioned you in the booze. If you're stopping by Michael's place, uh, don't forget to pick it up on the way there because you, it's a dry town there in Ocean City. Oh well, man, well, I, I got Bill Berman, now. right? Yeah. Well, yeah, you have Berman, but but we're at the Borgata. There's nothing dry about the Borgata. Where I am now in this little office, this is a dry town, obviously, and okay. you know, and so that 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 goes without saying. So if you want to, you know, I got Millie in here today, so she'll take care of anything you need. So don't don't Thank worry. Thank you, Millie. One one uh, we yeah. know that Josh Applebaum's not on Zillow looking for a place in Ocean City after hearing it's dry. <laughs> Josh, let's get let's get an update. I'm just playing. Let's get an update here, Josh. 
Yeah, a couple updates. So, guys, uh, we'll run through some MLB in a second. I just wanted to ask Michael about one game in particular, week one. So, we talked about in the previous segment some movement toward the Denver Broncos at the Giants. Broncos looked good yesterday. G-Men didn't look that good. You look at Denver, minus one up to minus one and a half. Line is moving toward them week one. Now, Michael, here's a buy-low spot that I want to throw at you. Jacksonville Jaguars at the Houston Texans here. You know, the thought process is, Houston's going to be terrible this year. They do have the lowest win total in the NFL at four. It's juiced up minus 115. We don't expect to see Deshaun Watson. This is kind of maybe a Nick Casario year one tank here. Get a high pick, reset the whole roster here. Uh, and then also Jacksonville, people are really high on Jacksonville. This is a team that goes one in 15 last year, but you got Urban Meyer. Uh, you have Trevor Lawrence. There's an affinity for wanting to really just make an easy bet here on the Jags who win total six and a half versus Houston, who should be terrible. But Michael, I'm looking at buying low on Houston, you know, based on what we saw yesterday. And again, you can only take it with a grain of salt. Jags lose 23, 13 to Cleveland. Houston surprisingly beats Green Bay 26 to seven. But Michael, you have everybody betting Jacksonville here. They open like minus one and a half, minus two. They're all the way up to the key number of minus three week one at Houston. And I'm saying, hey, you know, week one dogs do very good, especially in that first month of the season. You also look at divisional dogs uh, in week one, 61% ATS, kind of a buy low spot, you know, buy on bad news of no Deshaun Watson, sell on the, the hype of, of a rookie coach, rookie quarterback. Michael, would you be intrigued by grabbing the three points with Houston week one? Look, I don't know. I'm not sure Jacksonville should be three points favorite over anyone. You know, I think they have a lot to prove. I mean, just yes, last night when you watch that game, uh, you know, they have their starting offensive tackles in the game, one of the two of their starting inside players. And, you know, the, the, the Cleveland Browns have their backups in there, and they had a hard time protecting Trevor Lawrence. So, like, I'm not ready to go and say the Jacksonville's just going to, you know, because they have Urban Meyer and he's got his whistle out there and everything's going to change, and I'm not ready to do that. I do think there is an in, instinct in, – eccentric value in the sense of when everybody thinks you're no good, you can rally your team around that. Like, you know, the, the pressure, the beating that they've taken from the Houston media, from the national media, how bad they are. I've said this many times on this program. They have some really good players on that roster. They're not devoid of talent. This isn't the Miami dolphins when they were tearing it down. They've got some good players. Now, are they great? No, but, you know, yesterday they were forcing the ball out. They got turnovers. Their offensive line, I mean, they won that game yesterday with their two starting tackles out with COVID. You know, Tunsil and Howard. So, you know, they've got some good skill players. Brandon Cooks is there. I mean, Philip Lindsay's a good running back. Ingram's there. They're going to move the ball on some people. And they've got professional coaching that will help them. So, I'm not sure Jacksonville's better, three points better than anybody let alone the Houston Texans. And uh, just a sidebar with Deshaun Watson, Michael, the district attorney, they're, they're starting to pursue criminal charges. This is going from civil right. to criminal. Deshaun Watson is not right. well, playing they, football this year. No, I, and I mean, they've convened the grand jury, which is never good, you know, which is never good. There's enough evidence to present to the grand jury that they've collected. Now, I think this also gives the NFL an opportunity to say, what one once they know what that evidence is in the grand jury, they the NFL can be privy to that, and then they can make their decision on what they want to do with with Deshaun. But I would say Deshaun is going to be on the sideline for a long time. I would agree with you, Josh. Any movement? We've got a game coming up. What in an hour and ten minutes here? Uh, we know uh, information as far as Matt Rule and the starters, Carolina, Indianapolis. Any movement here? Not too much, you know, Patrick, you know, we are seeing a little bit continued movement here on this under. And again, we started the show talking about unders going nine and one yesterday, 14 and two in the preseason, almost 58% now since 2014. And it's really uh, the same sort of situation here. You know, this one opened 34. 
34, 34 and a half. It's down to 33 and a half. And actually, Patrick, speaking of movement, I just saw it go to 33. So this thing is dipping. You know, uh, of course, you want to be uh, as early to these numbers as you can. But to me, in a situation of under, you know, crushing it here, movement toward the under, I'm still leaning under. I like this under here today. But also, Michael, you know, still looking at Indy, and I think what you and TG were mentioning, you know, the fact that you're going to get Jacob Eason playing quite a bit, uh, going to see what he can deliver here. We still have Eason, believe it or not, as that as that uh, favorite to start week one, even though Carson Wentz sounds like there's a chance he could play. I think Eason's still like minus 140 to start week one. A week ago, I think he's like like close to minus 200. But maybe you, you see, you get a look at Eason here. Maybe he plays with some of these, these top line guys. We know Rule isn't going to play a lot of his big guys, but the Colts opening minus two, uh, even some one and a halves all the way up to three again this looks exactly like the vegas raiders last night against seattle with that one and a half up to three you know the one thing i would say guys i do like to money line these plays just because crazy things happen miss kicks safeties we saw safety yesterday uh you know you're around a minus 150 ish minus 160 that's where i'd be leaning but uh colts and and the under here look, looks to be the, the wise guy plays yeah i, I think the, because the because the the, the Panthers have decided that they're going to get their work done in practice, which they did. And now they've got another week of practice with another team in Baltimore. So, you know, I, I think that they're going to, you know, PJ Walker is going to be out there. I don't know if they're going to have a good enough offensive line. Their backup offensive line isn't great. So, and I think Indianapolis's backup defensive line is pretty good. So I'm not sure you're going to get a lot of scoring out of Carolina. I think this is going to be a one-sided scoring game from the Colts. And the Colts are going to want to play their quarterback and get him to have some success. I mean, it's important that you know they're not going to play Jonathan Taylor, but they're going to have to play some of their players to help him out to get him so that he gets some continuity going. You just can't leave him out there with no one. That's what they did with Drew Locke. I mean, Jerry Judy's on the field yesterday. You know, K.J. Hamler was on the field. That offensive line was on the field. Noah Fant wasn't out there, but they still were able to have enough offensive weapons against a team that didn't have enough defensive players. Wait, I just pieced it together. Millie is there because you two are going straight to brunch to watch your son coach Carolina. No, no, yes. no. See, you, you no, assume see. things and no, you I know what happens that. when you assume. I know. No, I just you know, just stopped in to say hello with my niece, you know, and that's all, you know, just to say hello. Okay. You know, no lunch. No, no, no uh, we're not going out to brunch. They've already <laughs> had their brunch. They actually brought me brunch. How about that? How good is that? Well, let me so, just look yeah. for my food here. Nice to have probably. visitors. On, you know, it's nice to have visitors on Sunday here at the office. You know, I'm here by myself. I'm the Maytag repairman. Berman doesn't come in on Sunday. He's sitting there on the couch. He's monitoring the show from the house. <laughs> no, no. Berman, Berman's recovering from a Saturday yeah. night. Let's be fair. Yeah, he had a sit down last night. You know, he was sitting down last night. Yeah. Is it true? Matt Rule uh, tweeted quickly that your son is a scratch golfer. Is it true? That, that is very true. Yes, he is a scratch golfer. He's an outstanding golfer. He got married at Bethpage back, back, Patrick. And this summer, I think he shot from the tips at Bethpage. He shot one under. That's insane. Are you serious? Yeah. He's a, I know I'm, I'm dead serious. I mean, really, I mean, that's a ridiculous his brother's, his brother's a good golfer too. He's not a scratch golfer. His brother shoots usually in the seventies. They're both really good. They don't play enough according to them, but uh, so, but they are, yeah, he's a really good golfer. That's incredible. Josh. Okay. So we've got a couple of minutes baseball. here. Baseball plays on the way out. Let's baseball. go. Let's go boys. <laughs> Bash brothers. Josh, you'll start. All right, lightning round here, guys. Uh, Michael, White Sox against a lefty day. Looking at the Southsiders here going up against the Yankees. White Sox open uh, around minus 160 at home. They've been steamed up to around minus 170. Against lefties, 21 and 11. They've really mashed here against Southpaws. Also, the White Sox awful loss. They lost yesterday. I know Will Hill was really, uh, you know, shaking in his boots there. Yankees almost blew it again. <laughs> Got it done, but actually uh, did not blow it, luckily, for Will Hill. But 
White Sox awful loss, 31 and 17 this year, 65%. As a home favorite, they're 36 and 18, 67%. Uh, also, San Francisco guys, keep an eye on the G-Men. It's not a huge move, but they're like minus 190, close to minus 200. Uh, Patrick, Colorado on the road, even though they got it done yesterday, still 14 and 44. San Fran, 29 and 12, awful loss. San Fran also eight and four straight up against Colorado. I think there's an advantage there with Wood on the bump against Gray. Also, the Oakland A's are getting crushed. Uh, Sean Manaya open around minus 195. They're all the way up to minus 220. Big move there. Oakland has also done great against lefties, 27 and 16. And then we talked about Seattle as a dog play. They're still sharp against Toronto. But guys, if you're willing to take a shot, if you want to be bold, it's Sunday, have a little fun. The Arizona Diamondbacks, the Snakes, we always think of them as being terrible, but they've won the first three in a row uh, against the, the San Diego Padres here. They're going for the sweep today. No one believes in them. They're only getting about 10, 15% of bets, but they got to move in their favor. We've seen the Snakes fall plus 145 to plus 135. Uh, they've outscored San Diego 22 to 5 in this series. Had a guy who came in and threw a no-hitter last night, Patrick, in his debut. I'm taking a little shot on the plus money with the Snakes there. Nice work, Mr. Baseball. I like the Red Sox on the run line today. Ooh, get a you layer run and a I, half, I, huh? Yeah, I, why not? You know, I mean, why not? At Baltimore, uh, you know, uh, starting pitching has been an issue all year for the Orioles. I think this is going to be a really hard game. I'm going to go run line. I'll take the Red Sox. You, Millie, and your niece have a great rest of the Sunday. Thank you, Michael. Patrick. Have a Thank great you, one. Josh. We'll see you, Josh. Thanks, I'll, guys. I'll see you both tomorrow. Josh, be easy on the drinking, okay? It's a Sunday. Yeah, try it. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you can find Josh. You can find Michael M. Lombardi NFL. We're at Beeson Live. Josh underscore insights. The pregame show is coming up next here on Beeson, the sports betting network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? My check engine light's on. Mm, that could hurt your gas mileage. The AutoZone free fix finder service can help find the fix for free. Get in zone. This whole report for free? That's right. Printed and on your phone for free. Get in zone. But what if the fix is too tough? We'll recommend a local shop. Fix finder, only at AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. 
These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.